Welcome to our sermon podcast here at Cornerstone Anglican Church. We are a new church plant in Chicago's West Loop neighborhood, seeking to participate in God's story of transformation. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Good morning. That was a very Psalm 88 appropriate greeting back to me. Um, in the beginning of this series on the book of Psalms, I shared that one pastor said that the book of Psalms is God's counseling case study book. Uh, not that it's God's counseling textbook telling us how it is that we should work through our emotions, but it's his case study book. That it's actually 150 different examples of people in different situations in life working through their situations, working through their circumstances, working through how they feel about them, but working through all of that in the presence of God, bringing who they are and what they have into the presence of God. And in the Psalms, there are a third of the Psalms are what we call lament Psalms, Psalms of crying out to God from a place of despair, from a place of somberness, from from a place of lack, But there's only two psalms where in those laments, there's never a word of hope given at all. Like literally no word of hope. And this is one of those psalms, Psalm 88. If there's any way that you can actually tie this psalm together, it's actually with the word darkness. You actually see in our ESV translation that we're looking at, the psalm ends with saying, my companions have become darkness. Darkness is the last word in Hebrew. It's the theme that actually ties the entire psalm together, darkness. The NIV actually translates that last phrase, darkness is my closest friend. So one of the challenges for us today, and any time that we enter into the scripture, whenever we want to learn from the scriptures or any of the psalms or walk into any of these case studies, is we We want to not just understand it intellectually. We want to not just dissect and get a feel for what it said in the text, but we actually want in some way to have our emotions match the text. The way that I even, as a preacher, want to speak about this text is with the same emotion that the psalmist himself gave. And this psalmist today, we know his name is Heman, not, not Haman, from the, who's the antagonist in the book of Esther, but Heman, who's a priest of the Kohathites, we know the emotion that he had was one of utter despair, was one of crying out in anger, was one of feeling completely abandoned and lonely and utterly forsaken. And so we come, we come to this passage. There's three questions that I want to bring before you as we look at this psalm of despair. The first is, what pain are you bringing with you today? What pain are you carrying this morning? Second, I want to really invite to ask you, where is it that you're bringing your pain? And third, I want to look at how is it that we can bring our pain into the presence of God? So those are the three questions. What pain are you carrying? Where do you bring your pain? And how can you bring your pain into the presence of God? Would you pray with me to begin? 
Oh God, we, um, we come before you this morning. But Lord, I, I even confess as I come before you, I, I come before you uh, afraid, Lord. Well, Lord, I just have a sense that so many of us are, are coming this morning like a, a pressurized can, that there's so many things that are pent up within us. There's so much pain. There's so much anguish. There's so many questions that are pent up within us. And we do just want to ask, Lord, can we trust you? Can we trust you to open up our emotions? Are you trustworthy with our heart? But, O oh God of our salvation, incline your ear to us this morning. O oh God of our salvation, hear our cry. O oh God of our salvation, listen to us. And I pray for a conversation this morning as we look at your word, a conversation with each and every one of us, Spirit of God. God who speaks, would you speak? Amen. What pain are you carrying with you this morning? As we look into that question, it's important for us to look into Heman's pain. What pain was, was he bringing with him? And so if you have your Bibles or if you want to look in your bulletins here at Psalm 88, we, we see that Heman has a couple external circumstances that are bringing him great pain. In verse 8, he says, you have caused my companions to shun me. All right, so what, he, what he's saying is, I've got some really troubled relationships in my life, right? This isn't just like, I've got troubled relationships or I'm having a hard time getting along with people. This is, my friends are actively conspiring against me to no longer talk to me and to find ways to shut me out of social relationship with them, right? This is actually like they're shunning me. They're working actively against me in relationship. You know, he says, not only do I have troubled relationships, he says, I am also afflicted and close to death. There's some bodily ailment that Heman is going through. He's afflicted. His body is afflicted. He's close to death. And he's experienced this bodily affliction, it says, from my youth up. I'm afflicted. My body hurts. I'm in constant pain. And so he has both this sense of I have troubled relationships. All my friends are against me, actively conspiring to work against me. And also my body hurts. My body's not working. And it's been this way for a very long time. And so Heman says, here's how it makes me feel. Here, here's, here's my feelings associated with these external circumstances. Right? I feel like I'm in a flood. I feel like I'm in over my head, that I'm surrounded, that wave after wave is crushing me. I am overwhelmed by my circumstances right now. I am overwhelmed by my loneliness, by how deeply abandoned I feel by everyone around me. I feel like I'm stuck in a pit and there is no way out. Wave after wave. You know, darkness is my closest friend. All my friends are actively working against me. The only friend who I happen to have is when I lay my head to bed at night and everything is dark and I can't see anything. That's the only thing that has proven to be there for me time and time again is darkness. 
But he no longer, not only shares, okay, this is what's happening to me. My, my troubled relationships and my, my bodily hurt and pain doesn't just make me feel alone and isolated and, and angry and overwhelmed. But in fact, you did this to me, God. Right? It's not just that my friends all have shunned me. It's that, God, you were conspiring with my friends in order to make me alone. He says that. He says, you have caused my companions to shun me. Okay, so all my friends are gone. You're the only one, God, who I have left. But can I be honest with you? Darkness is a better friend to me than you are. You have done nothing for me, God. You've caused my companions to shun me. You're the one who's put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. You're the one who's put me in a situation that I cannot by myself climb out of. Thanks for that. And so this leads Heman to then bring questions. He says, do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? What, what Heman is saying is, I feel dead while I'm living. I'm in the place of Abaddon while I'm alive right now. And what good is that, God? How in the world is that actually helpful for anything, because actually, I, I, you know, what, what I, I know I'm made to do is to praise your name, is to speak your name, to speak your glory to other people. But if you've actually caused all my friends to be against me, how am I possibly able to talk to my friends about how good you are when I can't even talk to them? What possible good is coming from this situation, oh God? It doesn't seem like you're making the right call on actively working against me. I'm putting me in the pit. Why are you casting your, my soul away from you? Why are you hiding your face from me? Right, Heman writes this psalm as an individual lament. This is an individual song, an individual psalm, just like last week's psalm was individual. But, but Heman himself was a priest, right? He wrote these psalms both as an expression of what he personally was going through, but also so that the people of Israel could write themselves into the psalm so that they could actually cry out these same things. Before we, we move on, it's important for us to note, when it comes to the pain in our lives and the pain in this world, Christianity does not offer a simple cure. There's actually a grace in that. Because when we read the Bible, we can actually have right expectations around the long-term pain that exists in the world around us. We can actually rightly reckon that pain for the Christian is normal. He has been experiencing bodily affliction from his youth up and he doesn't see any way out any time soon. And he wrote the inspired word of God, Heman did. It is normal to have long-term hopelessness it is normal to have despair. What pains are you carrying? Where can you write yourself into this psalm? What bodily afflictions have you had? Actually, long-term bodily afflictions. 
What, where, where has someone close to you died? Where has there been death around you? But where also are you having a troubled relationship? Where is there that person who somehow over COVID things have just gotten weird with? That person who you felt like you derived so much source of strength and, and, and friendship with, just it's strained. That's one of the things I feel so sad about when I'm talking with many of us and how we're doing right now is so many of us are working through the pain of just strained friendships, strained relationships. So many of us have external circumstances that we can look at and Heman talks about those external circumstances, but what he actually delves more into is how does that make us feel? What's going on internally with what you're going through? And what Heman describes himself is this utter loneliness, this sense of being all alone, no one else there to help. And from what I, I have uh, seen and, and from what I've heard even other pastors speak about with people who are in intense pain, Intense hurt, intense confusion. One of the hardest things if you're in intense pain is the total loneliness that you feel because no matter how hard other people try, they cannot understand the depths of the pain that you're experiencing. There's a loneliness when you get into this level of darkness. So oftentimes we feel swallowed up. We feel like we're overwhelmed. We feel like we're in over our head, that we're alone. And many of us are confused because we feel like there's not external circumstances that are that bad going on around us, but actually internally we feel totally abandoned. We feel like we have no way out. We feel in over our heads. And we almost feel ashamed because we feel like we shouldn't feel that way. But yet we do. Darkness seems to be our closest friend. So where do you bring your pain? What do you do with the pain that you're experiencing? Well, the great philosopher Thumper from Bambi um, sums up how we think we often should act. When um, Thumper, he or, or she, does, is, uh, is Thumper a boy or a girl? Okay, I think someone mumbled it, but I couldn't hear it. So... Um, <laughs> When Thumper says, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Just to be clear, in, I, I'm raising kids, and, and this phrase does have its place. But this psalm today is one giant refutation of that in our relationship with God. What God is saying in this inspired word of Psalm 88 is, if you don't have anything nice to say, then shout it out to me. Shout it out to me. Come to me with what you have. Come to me with your anger. Come to me with your desperation. Come to me with your sense of abandonment. Come and accuse me. Because what are our other options, right? Well, first, we need to be clear. We don't have the option when we are feeling great pain, to just have it go away and stop feeling. Or don't we wish that, that would be the nicest option, right? That we just stop feeling pain, we stop feeling emotional turmoil. We, we, we didn't actually have to deal with it. That's, that's always the option we would love. 
But you are a human being. You are a living and breathing human being made in the image of God. And God has emotions. God has deep and rich and full emotions. And you, human being made in his image, he's given you them too. So it's, it's actually not an option for us to just stop feeling. You're going to continue to feel. And so what really are our options? Well, we can just stuff our pain. We can just stuff our negative emotions, our anger and our confusion and our anguish. But what happens when we stuff our negative emotions? Well, that's when it becomes a pressurized can for us, right? That's when kind of like deep down underneath, there's this pressurized can that we're trying to keep down, but sometimes it just seeps out a little bit. That anger or that frustration or that, that sense of loneliness just seeps out right when we don't want it to. And maybe decades later, it actually explodes out if you're really good at keeping it down. But when it seeps out a little bit, what happens is we can continue to go through the motions, right? If we're actually mad at God, if we're mad at the church, we can continue to go to church and we can just stuff it down. But somehow when we go to church and we start to go to prayer, we just really don't like it. Like, we, we really are kind of mad at God, and there's just that, that feeling that we can't define, but it actually leaves us not emotionally engaging. We either numb ourselves just to keep it away and try to go through the motions quick, or we just don't do it at all. So that's an option that we have. What's another option of what we can do with our negative emotions is we actually can bring it to other people. And, and to be clear, I do think it's appropriate for us to bring it to other people. But in this case, we bring it to other people outside of God, outside of the church, who happen to be really angry at God in the church too. And we bring it there, and we find other people who are angry at God and angry at the church, and often for very legitimate reasons, often for reasons that we can actually all agree are good reasons to even be angry at God or angry at the church. But what happens is we start to get bitter and we just share our bitterness. And in sharing our bitterness with other people away from the church and away from God, we grow more and more embittered. And then we find a way to even feel superior to God or to the church. And so we never, ever want connection again. So if we go that route, we're just walking away from God and we're avoiding him. If we go the route of stuffing it, then we're internally avoiding him. None of those options are very good. So why is this psalm in the Bible? Why is this psalm the inspired word of God? Well, it's because Heman is piping mad at God. And he's really mad at the people of God who have all abandoned him. And what does he do? Before you, God, I cry out day and night. What is so amazing about Heman's prayer is that he steps in. He steps in and takes up his complaint with the manager. He steps in and speaks directly to the one he's angry at. And he says, oh God of my salvation. He addresses God directly and then he says everything about why he does not feel like he is the God of his salvation. But he actually feels like he's the God of his destruction. He brings it to God. One pastor says, can despair be worship? Can despair be praise? Psalm 88 shows, yes, despair can be worship. Yes, despair can be praise because despair can be prayed. 
But it's hard for us to bring it to God when we're mad at him. It's hard for us to let our emotions feel this and bring it. Bring it to the one who we feel abandoned by. And on top of that, we, we still feel like it's a little bit improper to do so. <laughs> right? We feel somehow like God is going to be mad at us for bringing this to the Lord, to him. We feel like we feel really afraid that we're going to accidentally say something theologically incorrect in our prayers. But when we stop and, 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 and when we wait, then, then what we can hear, what we can hear is actually the sound of another person weeping with us. Who's that weeping with us? Where did Jesus bring his pain? Where did Jesus bring his sense of abandonment? Right, Jesus, who was fully human and who got angry and actually literally turned over tables, as we saw in today's gospel reading. Where did, where did, what did Jesus do with this? Well, first of all, Jesus read the Psalms. Jesus prayed the Psalms faithfully. He got alone with his father and he prayed the Psalms. That means a third of the time he was praying the Psalms. He was praying Psalms of Lament. Jesus prayed Psalms of Lament. Which is why he knew he had the freedom in his relationship with his father. That on the night before he suffered and died, he went to the garden with weeping tears. Tears of blood and agony that none of us know. And he said, Father, if it be possible, can you take this cup away from me? He questioned God. He said, God, it really seems like it would be better, Father, if this cup were away from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. What did Jesus go through? Well, that night, all of his friends abandoned him. He was utterly alone. Simon Peter, who he had given his life to, you know, just happens to be under a little bit of social pressure. People ask Peter, you know, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples, right? You must be. You have a Galilean accent. Your accent betrays you. Peter says, I do not know the man. He's by himself, utterly alone. And when he's alone on earth, when all of his friends have cast him away, and he's hanging on the cross in desperation, when no one else is near him, he turns up to his father, and he hears utter silence. Jesus, Jesus didn't just feel the wrath of God. Jesus objectively went through the wrath of God so that we would only feel the wrath of God and not actually go through it. Jesus experienced the abandonment on earth from all of his friends only to cry out to his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus cried out, why? See, Jesus is with you when you cry out to God in desperation. Jesus is with you when you cry out to God in loneliness. Not in this just sense of, oh, he's with me, he's present to me. No, he, he's with you because he cries out to God. He's cried out to his father. He's the one who's inviting you to weep with him. Amen? So how is it that we bring our pain to God? Pastor Joel, if I can ask you, uh, to pass out a, a, a sheet of, of paper here. 
Psalm 88 invites us to wrestle with God. To bring ourselves, no matter where we are, into his presence. And I, I want to give you this sheet of paper to just help you as you pray, as you come before God, to organize, to organize how it is that you pray in pain. I'm not asking you to, to make up pain or to make up how you feel, but to draw out, to have this word of God draw out really how are you doing, what's going on. And this does, this does take the hard work of actually asking for help from the Spirit of God, asking for that, that help to say, how am I doing? What is going on for me? How am I feeling? So if we look at, if we look at Psalm 88, we can see that the miracle of what Heman does is he addresses God. He speaks to God. He doesn't give up on coming before God, even in his anger. He shares with him his external trouble. He shares that my friends have abandoned me, that I have troubled relationships. He shares his bodily ailment. Then he shares his internal trouble. He shares this is how it makes me feel. He doesn't mince words at all in how he feels. And then he accuses God. He says, you're the one who's done this to me. You're the one who's made this situation. And that leads him to question, is this really the best way, God? Is it really best that I'm dying while I'm alive? So you don't need to fill out the sheet of paper right now, though if you want to start, you can feel free to do so. But you have just different questions there. And if, if you're on the live stream, um, we'll also put on this PDF so that you can see it as well. But as you just go through this, I invite you to just go through this simple worksheet. If you feel like you're able, if you feel like you're able to open yourself up, and to ask, what are the circumstances that are bringing you pain? How do those circumstances make you feel? What's going on for you internally? And then to ask God, you know, what do I feel like, God, you could have done differently? And then to question, you know, what is it that you don't understand? What is it that you don't understand of how God has acted here. I think it's helpful for us to go and to ask these questions, to bring it directly to God. It's also important to remember that emotions don't nicely fit into boxes. <laughs> and so anytime that we go through and we try to fill this out, we remember that Heman wrote a poem. Um, he didn't fill out a worksheet. And, um, and his, it's really hard to put his poem into a worksheet. I can tell you that after I tried. So I, I invite you to write a poem to God. And you don't need to end it in any certain way. You don't need to bring hope if you don't feel it. You don't need to not bring hope if you do feel it. What God wants from you is for you to come to him just where you are. I want to just take a minute of quiet. 
to open our, our hearts to listen. If you want to fill out the worksheet, you can begin filling it out. If you just want to sit and listen, feel free to do so. Let's just take a moment of quiet.